0: Chapter Six of The Northern Spy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Conover, Windham, Maine. The Northern Spy by J. Thomas Warren, Chapter Six. The captain travels, meets a friend. If ever a man was stupefied with astonishment, that man was Captain St. Leger. The beautiful girl who had just left him was the daughter of his bitterest enemy, the child of the man who had maimed his father for life, slain his own brother, the offspring of the man he had sworn to shoot on sight. St. Leger's mind was lost in a whirl of emotions upon making this astounding discovery and he actually cursed the ill-luck that had thrown the young lady in his pathway. He wished he had never seen her, and yet, having seen her once, he desired to again. And then, too, Ralph Montague, a colonel in the rebel army, and a member of Hampton's cavalry brigade, was expected to arrive in the morning. And what would be the consequences? Ten to one, the captain's true character would be discovered, his dispatches opened, and mischief be to pay generally. By Jove, said the captain to himself, things are getting complicated. And the sooner I get away from here, the better for my head, to say nothing of my heart. To be sure, I might shoot the colonel on sight, but then what would become of my dispatches? Can't lose them. Besides, I haven't a revolver nor a sword." For five minutes, the captain leaned a deep thought. Then he raised himself on his elbow and glanced about the room. When Alice had left the apartment, she had closed the door after her and was busy reading in the other room. It did not take the captain long to slip off from the couch and draw on his boots, coat, and cap. He found his arm a little stiff and the top of his head sore, but nothing to affect his usual movements. He now looked out the window. The moon was obscured by passing clouds, but it was by no means very dark. Blame it, it seems rather an ungracious return for their kindness to leave so unceremoniously. But then the circumstances require it, said George to himself. They'd hang me for a spy if I'm detected, and the young lady— Yes, I will— a pencil lay by the table by the side of the lamp. The captain tore out a blank leaf from a book and wrote hastily as follows. "'Miss Alice, as it is important that Beauregard should receive my dispatches promptly, I have concluded to be off. You will excuse my abrupt departure. If your worthy uncle misses a horse in the morning, let him charge it to the Confederacy. I have a presentiment that Sherman and his Yankees will be here soon.' DON'T BE AFRAID OF THEM. THEY WON'T HURT YOU. IF THE YANKS DON'T SHOOT ME, I'LL SEE YOU AGAIN, RESPECTFULLY YOURS, MORRIS HOFFMAN. THERE, SAID THE CAPTAIN, THEY'LL KNOW FROM THAT THAT THE DEVIL HASN'T SPIRITED ME AWAY, BUT THAT I HAVE LEFT MY OWN FREE WILL AND ACCORD. GEORGE LEFT THE NOTE AND THE PENCIL ON THE TABLE, AND THEN QUIETLY COVERED UP THE PILLOWS TO RESEMBLE A MAN SLEEPING IN THE BED. He then raised the sash softly and got out of the window. The judge's barn stood a short distance from the house, and thither the captain directed his footsteps. To his gratification, the door was unlocked, and he entered. He found two horses in the stalls, one a large bay horse, and the other a small black pony. That pony, I suppose, belongs to Miss Montague. Montague, curse the name! why don't she have some other name? The big horse is doubtless the judge's pet. This sort of work smacks of horse-stealing, but I call it only confiscation. I bet old Sherman wouldn't hesitate to take the beast if he were here. Besides, the Rebs killed Dolph, and they owe me another. Dolph, poor Dolph. All the necessary equipment were hanging on a peg by the side of the stall. It did not require much light nor time to saddle and bridle the beast, which was very gentle. Saint leger then led the horse out of the stable and got on him, rode slowly past the house without interruption and down the avenue. Something bright glistened in the dull moonlight upon the ground. The captain drew rein, and then with a chuckle he dismounted, and picked up the revolver they had lost in the hurried race up the lane. Worth your waiting gold, said the captain and six good cartridges inside to boot. Eh, most fortunate. The captain was much encouraged at finding his trusty weapon and remounted the beast. He then continued to ride down the avenue. Suddenly he stopped and looked sharply ahead. A man was standing in the way before him. St. Leger drew his revolver and, cocking it, said in a determined tone, "'Who are you, sir?' "'Gosh, I thought it were you, George,' returned the man. "'What, is it you, Ben Manx?' Sartin, Sartin, Captain. "'You oughter be able to tell me in the dark. "'There's no mistake in this here knapsack on my poor back. "'It are a big pile of fur, "'small man to be toting around for fifty years or such. "'But the lore he thanked. "'Tain't sin, tain't a bundle of sin. "'What in the world brought you here, Ben?' To save your honour, George. You always used to treat old Ben kindly, never made light of my infirmities, and you knows what the Lord does to them as makes fun of the old and infirm. Sends the bears to eat them up. To be sure, George, there aren't many there ain't many nary bears round here I ever heard tell on, but appears to me that the rebels are wuss than uh, drove a drove of bars, and so I come to serve you. How can you help me, Ben? Well, it seems you have found means to help yourself, more than I had any reason to hope you would. I really suppose you are dead. According to the lieutenant's story, ah, the villain, where is he now? Back to the tavern. He come back there, oh, nine, two hours ago or such. My, Jupiter, but he are about the worst skilled chap he ever seed. "'swore that he'd run you down to the judges and split your head open, "'and then when he come to search you, he found you want no spy "'but a bony-finding confederate ossifer carrying dispatches per Beauregard. "'And the judge threatened to have him shot. "'Oh, my, I'd rather have this pack in my poor shoulders "'so it ain't a bundle of sin than to be in the lieutenant's boots.' How many men come back with him? Six came back, but one of them has a bad wound in the head. Three of the ten will never do no more shooting. Why so? Because you killed them, stone dead. I seed them in the road myself. Gosham said you were lying here for dead, and I thought I'd see how it were. For I felt a warm spot for you, ever since I hauled you out the creek ten year ago, so it. So I slipped out of the house and put a bridle on the old mare, rode him up to take a reconnaissance, and here I are. I wore a notion to give you the mare, but I see you have a much better beast, and I'm so glad you weren't hurt much, and I'm glad you're going to clear out, for it'll be pesky hot about these diggings pretty soon after sun up in the morning. Hot? Why? What's up? "'There, bless you, I know you wouldn't get wind of it, "'and so I come clear here to tell you about it. "'What is it? Speak, quickly.' "'Yes, yes, I'll talk all right, smart. "'My tongue are a little stiff with age, "'but it'll wag sufficiently fast for most purposes. "'I handle altogether certain whether this infirmity in my back "'are conducive to a fluency of speech or not. "'Come, Ben, hurry up.' Well then, a chap arrived at the tavern shortly after you left, a ridin' a fast hoss, and that he were going to Savannah to jump with news. Old Sherman is turned south and left Augusta out in the cold, and he are return down toward Savannah for certain. And what's worse, the whole gang of Hampton's cavalry be rampaging along here soon, and help cover the river nigh Savannah. And Colonel Montague, with his regiment of horse, will be along about daybreak. There, if that ain't news enough for once. It... Gosh, it are a pile in most as big as the hump on my back, but the hump ain't a bundle of sin. Thank you, thank the. <laughs> then it's time I was off," said L- Saint-Leger. "I want to meet this Montague bad enough, heaven knows, but not exactly under these circumstances." I HAVE BUT ONE LIFE AND THAT I CAN'T GIVE EXCEPT IN EXCHANGE FOR HIS. THE COLONEL ARE A BAD MAN, THAT'S SO, CHIMED IN Ben. BUT THEN HE'S A DREFUL NICE DAUGHTER. a CHRISTIAN SPIRIT, Nita. GEORGE, THAT YOU'RE A nursin' AGAIN WITH THIS ENEMY OF YOURS. Sardin HE'S DONE yuns AND LOTS OF HARM, BUT YOU MUSTN'T FORGET THAT THERE'S ALWAYS TWO SIDES TO OUR STORY. "'and I make no manner of doubt "'that some of the blame has been on both sides. "'Pity to kill the colonel "'and leave his daughter an orphan, "'Poor thing. "'Is her name Alice?' asked the young captain, "'hurriedly and in a tone that betrayed his anxiety. "'Say, is her name Alice?' "'Of course. "'It are just that I and a handsomer "'and better-behaved girl or taint the whole district.' Now I'm certain that if you would set eyes on her, you'd forgive the old man all he's done to you just for the sake of the gal. If I were a young man again, and were as good-looking as yourself, and owned the best plantation on the savannah, you can bet your life that I'd see the daughter through. If the old uns wanted to fight and cut and slash each other, all to pieces, that's their privilege." But I don't follow that the young ought to fall to cutting up the same sort of pranks. Not by a jugful. But then what's the use of saying what an old magpie like myself would do? There ain't a gal inside of the district of Beaufort that would look at such an old beeswax as I are, "'unless twere for the purpose of getting up a larf at my expense. Such a larf I some ever. Some are good and some are bad, some are big, some are little, some are handsome, and some isn't. This your informity on my back are the spilet of my parents. But tain't a back a sin, thank the Lord, tain't a back a sin. George St. Legere heard only the first part of this long speech of old Ben Banks, and it set his thoughts to working and his feelings in motion, he brought his heart into his mouth marry Alice Montague, and forget the wrongs her father had done? Never. Be recreant to all the fond expectations that were conceived of him by his own family? No, no. And yet this Alice Montague was so beautiful. Goodbye, Ben, said St. Leger impatiently, and digging his heels into his horse's flanks, he drove away like an arrow in the starlight, without waiting for a reply from old Ben, who shook his head dubiously and muttered to himself, He's as bold as old Scratch himself. Good luck to him. End Chapter 6